Hey there, it's May 1st, and this is the Sunday edition of CNN 5 Things. I'm David Rind. Look, I get it. 2020 was a stressful election. Between the pandemic and January 6th, I can't blame you if you're not quite ready for another one yet. But another election season is upon us right now. The midterm elections are just 192 days away, and voting in the primaries is about to ramp up. That means between now and September, there will be consequential votes cast pretty much every week. And it starts on Tuesday with primary voting in Indiana and Ohio with big implications well beyond just those two states. So let's spend five minutes today with CNN senior political correspondent Abby Phillip. Abby, can we just first game out this big Republican Senate primary in Ohio? I know I've been hearing just a ton about it. What should we know? Well, the main thing to know is that like a lot of Republican primaries right now, this is kind of a race uh, to see who is closest to former President Trump. Uh, You have a wide array of candidates. I'm very pleased to introduce the man with by far the best chance to defeat the radical Democrat nominee for the U.S. Senate this November. And you know what? You know what? He's a guy that said some bad about me. The race really has now uh, circled around, I would say, three or four candidates. But I have to do what I have to do. We have to pick somebody that can win. One candidate, J.D. Vance, who has received former President Trump's endorsement. The, The president is right. I wasn't always nice, but the simple fact is he's the best president of my lifetime, and he revealed the corruption in this country like nobody else. I didn't do two tours in Anbar province, fighting alongside Marines of every color to come home and be called a racist. There's nothing racist about stopping critical race theory and loving America. You have Josh Mandel. He's a former uh, Ohio treasurer who wanted very much to have Trump's endorsement but didn't receive it and has, you know, probably personified the Trumpiness of it all more than any of the other candidates. And then you have a former, uh, you know, GOP party chairwoman, Jane Tinkin. Biden and Fauci want to mask up our kids forever. Parents should be in charge of these decisions, not politicians who is uh, someone who was a kind of straight-down-the-middle Republican but also has been trying to be seen as closer and closer to former President Trump. And then Mike Gibbons, an investment banker. I'm not a politician. I'm a businessman. Who actually, surprisingly, despite not kind of being the flashiest voice in the race, he's someone who has actually polled quite well. But all of them, except for Matt Dolan, who is a uh, state senator, are all trying to push a lot of the kind of populist, America first, Trumpy policies that they think will get them to the top of the pile in this primary. The question is, do you think, as some high-level Republicans have suggested, that for the betterment of the Republican Party, it's time for Donald Trump to stop talking about the 2020 election and move on? If yes, if you think he should move on, raise your hand. Matt Dolan. Matt Dolan is the only one who has raised his hand. Uh, He has actually taken the opposite tact. He has said that... Joe Biden won the election fair and square. He wants to move on from the election conspiracies that have consumed the party. Let me be very clear. Joe Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. My problem is he's a failed president. 
But he's kind of an outlier. And I think a lot of people think at this point it's probably between Mandel and Vance with this Trump endorsement. Can Vance pull it out? He has actually not been leading in the polls. And so that's the big question is how far does Trump's endorsement really go here? Right. That's what I wanted to ask. I'm I'm so interested that you said the one candidate who's doing the opposite and saying Joe Biden won the election as if that's some kind of controversial statement is the big lie. And and what Trump has been pushing all this time, is that still kind of front and center here in the year 2022? Oh, oh, it is absolutely front and center because it's it's kind of the, the baseline issue that just gets you in the game in a Republican primary. It's not to say that you know, all of the candidates, that is the only issue they are talking about. But there's a sense among the top candidates in this race that if you are going to compete for Trump voters, you have to, at the very minimum, uh, agree that the election was stolen from Donald Trump, which it was not. And you have to, at the very minimum, believe that there was widespread election fraud in the 2020 election, which there was not. And so that that's the baseline. But there is a lot of other stuff that these candidates must also believe. It's just that in order to have credibility as a Trump aligned candidate, you've got to start there. That's fascinating. So what are these other issues that have uh, become talking points here in these primaries? Well, the main one seems to have been immigration. Ohio, which is, as you know, very close to the southern border. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, Not (laughs) close at all to the southern border. But immigration seems to be a top, top issue, as it is in a lot of places for Republican voters. Joe Biden's open border is killing Ohioans. J.D. Vance, he has centered his candidacy around this issue of the border being open. I nearly lost my mother to the poison coming across our border. No child should grow up an orphan. He put out this ad uh, that referenced his mother, who decades ago had an opioid addiction, saying that the same drugs that are coming across the border were responsible for him almost losing his mom. A lot of people have sort of you know, raise some red flags about that claim because uh, it, it's kind of a different time and his mother was dealing with prescription opioids. Mm. But still, it just shows you the resonance of this issue. And right now, in the broader climate, Republicans want to run against an influx of migrants at the border, against uh, the Biden administration ending this policy called Title 42, which under Trump, they were turned away under this uh, policy that is really a public health policy, but was used to turn away migrants. So these are the issues, I think, that are kind of animating this race right now, where where at least the candidates are trying to differentiate themselves, uh, you know, from the pack by being tougher rhetorically on the issue of immigration. Right. And uh, on Tuesday, we have Indiana and Ohio, like we mentioned. What other races down the line in the next few weeks, next few months, do you have your eye on that could really tell us something about how this national picture is shaping up? Yeah. I mean, we have some really interesting races shaping up. Georgia has not only a competitive Senate race, but also a competitive governor's race. Uh, We've got a competitive Senate race in the state of Pennsylvania as well. And look, the Trump factor is paramount in those states. He's put his political capital behind some candidates uh, who may or may not be able to win. The governor of Georgia has done a poor job, poor, poor job. 
and he didn't want to do anything about it. But George- In Georgia, he has gone after the governor, Brian Kemp, because Brian Kemp, he believed, didn't sufficiently support his claims that the election in Georgia was stolen. So he's backed David Perdue in that state. And Perdue has really struggled. I've known Donald Trump for 37 years. And I don't mean just casual ran into him from time to time. I'm talking about a deep personal friendship. Trump has also endorsed Herschel Walker, a candidate that a lot of people uh, think has a lot of baggage, may not be able to persist in a general election in Pennsylvania. President Trump was very clear, I'm America first. He recently endorsed Dr. Oz over another candidate, David McCormick, who had been fighting for the Trumpy endorsement but didn't get the endorsement. President Trump saw right through him. He therefore did not endorse Mr. McCormick. He endorsed me. The reason Mehmet keeps talking about President Trump's endorsement is because he can't run on his own positions and his own records. Pennsylvania is always an interesting place to look. It is a state that Joe Biden won, but not by a huge margin. And so it will tell us a whole lot about how the rest of this year and the Biden presidency is going to go. So it sounds like you're saying to me that even though it's 2022, president not on the ballot, Donald Trump certainly not on the ballot, but a lot of these races are kind of a referendum on how much power he still wields sitting down in Mar-a-Lago. One hundred percent. And some of that is of his own making. He doesn't need to endorse in a lot of these primaries, and yet he's done it anyway, in some cases over the advice of his aides and his supporters. And so in the places where he's put down markers and said, this is my candidate, it's going to be a test of his strength. It's going to be a test of, frankly, his judgment. Mm. But also in so many of these battleground states, these are places where Joe Biden bested Donald Trump in 2020. Uh, in some cases by very, very narrow margins. And so the other reason it's important is just as a bellwether for what might happen in 2024 if we were to get another Trump-Biden rematch. If Democrats are able to persevere in some of these very narrow battleground states, that will tell us a whole lot about what kind of climate Democrats are going into in the next presidential election. So big ramifications for Tuesday and beyond. We'll be following it on CNN. Abby Phillip, thanks so much for walking us through it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. If you're planning on spending any time online tomorrow night, be prepared to see a lot of celebrity fashion photos. Yeah, the Met Gala in New York City returns to its usual date with the second part of its In America theme. The focus this year is on the Gilded Age, where rich people really flaunted their wealth through fashion at the tail end of the 19th century. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey, our senior producer is Mohammed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. If you like what we're doing here, please leave us a rating and a review wherever you listen. It takes all of two minutes and it really does help us out. I'm David Ryan. Have a great week. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>